American election cycle is as perpetual as the Indian election cycle. So come to zero double two, and they're already talking about the midterm elections. Of course, it will be a little later in the year, but it is going to be in two zero two two. So I think it's the right time to start talking about it and to talk about the American election cycle and all things American. including biden kamala duo and the things that are going on in the american politics we have shri vibhuti jha as ever so please do subscribe and please do go to our description to support us and to follow us Namaste and welcome to today's Namaste. show the Wednesday 10 pm show with Shri Vibhuti ji yeah, welcome Vibhuti ji how are you Namaste and uh, greetings to everybody I have uh, one very straight question to you Ha boliye sab Does uh, America also have a pappu problem Aap magar mein kis if I do reply to this maybe YouTube and Twitter both will ban me <laughs> So we are living in a very dangerous era. Yes, US has a serious problem of its own. I mean, you are talking about election cycle. It is uh, the world's two prominent democracies are perpetually in election cycles. So the moment the president wins the election, the plan for the return for the winning back the second term starts. Everything is driven from that point of view. So yes, twenty two to twenty two election has been. uh is going to be very fascinating because you know in a in a very interesting situation for republicans to win they have to just win two or three house seats and one senate seat this currently senate is 50-50 with apni kamla ji's vote deciding in favor of democrats uh in the house they have only eight seat majority democrats despite all the bad 81 million votes for Biden so this house also is in a very very technical scenario but one of the very interesting things that happens in the US election is that 2020 there was a US census the census allows redistricting of constituencies voting constituencies and in that redistricting there will be game played by both parties in the in the states that they are running and the odds are likelihood that there are certain pro democ uh, republican uh, redistricting will fetch them couple of votes so it is a very interesting scenario because a critical election just as 2020 was 2022 is equally critical for the us for variety of reasons and one of them is the real pathetic display by president joe biden and perhaps the weakest ever vice presidential candidate even the democratic party doesn't want her to become the presidential nominee for the next election so think about it from that perspective republicans have a chance in a in a very interesting thing that just as 2020 election was fought on emotion and democrats drove the emotion angle very well against trump and the republicans this election 
will be voted on reasoning and logic because Democrats, based on emotion, have really ruined quite a few things in the country. Quite a few things. It's the economy is stupid. The pandemic economy, as it is known, is not going down well. You know, just to give you a sample of, uh, you know, the economy part of it, this country, which was always very proud of its supply chain, stores being full, shopping, the country of shopping, where people always said, even after 9-11, President Bush said, go shop. You know, people said, all Democrats and Republicans, go, go for shopping, relieve yourself of the stress. Here is a very interesting data that about over 80,000 truck drivers will be having a really shortage here in this country. The supply chain is locked up because the vaccine mandate, and if you are not taking vaccine, then you have to do weekly testing. The trucker's age is, is uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, uh, trucker's age is, uh, uh, you know, aging group of people. There are no supply of an adequate number of truckers. And as a result of which, there is a likelihood of 37% shortage of truck drivers in this country. If you remember, in one of the, our shows in skills, we had talked about that truck driving is a major supply employment opportunity for those who are qualified. So you are looking at a scenario in the US. In <coughs> is very powerful because entire chain <coughs> is affected, affected in the US. And you know what is dangerous? They say that the it will take a decade plus more for the public transit to return to pre-pandemic era. Think about it in this country, which is which is three times larger than India with three time zones. If you have a trucker problem, your supply chain and economy thus gets affected. At the moment, we all know the gas shortage, gas prices going up, egg prices going up, milk prices going up. You know, it has already imposed taxation on people uh, by churning out more money. It's not going down well. And Biden's approval rating, I don't think he cares a lot anything about it because for him, it is important to win the vote count than the ballot counter, uh, than the poll counting. So, you know, <laughs> it's different on those basis. And we are looking at a, a very powerful scenario. Quite a few things have happened. And one of the things which they say is that in this election cycle in 2022, uh, almost unanimously, everybody says Republicans have a chance of winning both House, House as well as Senate, because the margin required to win is very narrow. And the mood is against President Biden. It's an all-time low. Uh, he has not inspired. He has done nothing. He has said nothing that will inspire people to vote. And very interesting data that in every state where Biden won by less than <coughs> or 7% point, Republicans have a fair shot. Those are toss-ups. The bad sign is that in Virginia, where Biden won by over 10 percentage points, the Republican, Mr. Youngkin, won the governor's election. That's not a good sign for Democrats. And I said, while Biden won on sentiment and emotion, Republicans will win back on reason and logic. But Virginia is a blue state, isn't it? It is. It is a blue state. That's why the Republican governor winning mm -hmm. 
is a big deal there. Yeah. And even yes, in New Jersey, uh, which I is I don't remember state. when a uh, uh, Republican won uh, Virginia, the governorship. They just won, no? Mr. Yunkin won there. Yeah, he won it this time. I don't know yeah. when they won it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was long, 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 long ago. <laughs> Fitch doesn't figure in the history maps as yes, well. Yes, yes. Well, Virginia could be called a deep blue state. So if yes. a deep blue state is uh, giving you a Republican governor, then I think definitely, I think the next uh, we can hope for New York to, to give a Republican governor. Republican. So they did have a Republican governor not too long ago. Yes. It was uh, Mr. Pataki, and uh, but the important part, New York City had three, two terms of uh, Giuliani as the mayor, and uh, uh, you know, two terms of uh, this one, uh, Bloomberg. In the third term, he became an independent. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, New Jersey was a close call as well, by a very thin margin. Uh, the Democrat squeaked past, you know. So that's what is important. Yeah. So I just uh, uh, want you to update us on the Biden-Kamala ratings before we move on to the uh, major issues that seem to be dogging this present presidency. I'm I'm impressed that you want to settle the Biden-Kamala-Harris situation before you go to other bigger topics. So I think this is a big topic by itself. <laughs> oh, no, that, that issue is almost settled. Uh, we go to the other topics which they are missing that, that was a very sweet tongue-in-cheek humor. <laughs> <laughs> no, Biden-Kamala-Harris Biden, teaming up, in my opinion, for as many years, is the weakest president-VP teaming up. It is important to understand that because uh, vice presidential candidates are normally weak people. In this particular instance, Kamala Harris lost, withdrew from presidential election because the Democratic Party herself did not want her to be the president. Why they allowed her to be the vice presidential candidate, I do not know. But Kamala Harris has not done herself any favor. You know, in, the, in these moments of leadership, you know, you show your leadership because you are technically always a breath away from presidency. Like Lyndon uh, Johnson became president after Kennedy's assassination. So what I'm trying to say is that she is not doing herself any favor. Biden appointed her as the, you know, uh, immigration to check the border. She didn't even visit there. On the contrary, when she was asked in the TV interview, she said, oh, I haven't gone to Europe either. Now, that shows remarkable immaturity or trying to be a smart attitude, which doesn't go well when you are under heavy scrutiny for every word matters. And, you know, her laughter is very bombastic, looks, sounds great at times. But when you don't laugh at a right moment, and you laugh at everything, then it becomes a matter of a joke. So which what is part of her important personality trait, which was much liked when she announced her candidacy, is now looking like a ridiculous display of unsentimental or untimely humor. That's the challenge which Kamala Harris is facing. And she is not, and they are looking like they, as if they are not even working together. So the question is, she is trying to distance herself from the falling rating of President Biden, which is an all-time low, as the saying goes here, it is an all-time low. 
and Biden doesn't seem to be caring about it much at all. <coughs> so the question here is very simple, that Biden and Kamala Harris, I don't think even they talk every now and then. It is a pure speculation. But, uh, you know, it is, it, is, it is a very, very sad scenario of the U.S. leadership right now. There is the U.S. leadership on global agenda also is missing because there is no leadership at this point in time, unfortunately. <coughs> now so we can see the important. What are the ratings? Ratings are Biden is running at 43% or 42%, which is an all-time low. Kamala Harris is running in, not in teens, but early 20s kind of a thing, which is very, very... <laughs> that's really young. That's, that's, she, she's going, she's regaining youth in a very different perspective. You know, it's very... <laughs> no, I, just, I just want to look at the uh, global scenario. Let's discuss the energy situation. Because as long as Trump was there, he ensured uh, that uh, uh, the frackers uh, uh, kept pumping. Mm -hmm. And uh, you always had a very good uh, U.S. inventory and U.S. supply. So the uh, energy prices were always moderated. Now, what's the problem with Biden? The total... why, why isn't shale oil uh, uh, moderating the global energy prices? The, the reason is very simple. The, the Democrats have been wedded to the climate change agenda. And uh, they have always been talking about fossil fuels going out. Biden is on record. Kamala Harris is on record trying to shut down the fossil fuel industry. And somewhere along the line, uh, Mr. <coughs> Al Gore had said the, about the inconvenient truth of as many years ago while flying all the jets all the time, is the fact that it feels like in New York. So, this is a uh, this is maybe something new which gets transmitted through uh, <laughs> electronic visual electronic visual medium. Right. So <clears throat> the point is that they have always been wedded to that scenario of climate uh, of uh, you know fossil fuel being out. So what was the first act which Biden did? That the Canadian pipeline which was coming, he shut it down. He didn't care for eleven thousand people losing jobs. So suddenly that U.S. had gained energy independence, it's gone. Not only that, he allows the Russians to build the pipes elsewhere. I mean, depending on whatever <laughs> political arrangements are there. So, and people in the U.S. are paying a heavy price for that. In a pandemic economy where people's incomes were hurt, driving is a key element of American life. Because you drive 50 miles, 70 miles just for asking. Because that's the distance you need to cover. So lower gas prices were always a big help. Now one can argue that with the technology of uh, all the kind of technologies that have come about, people may not have to travel to the offices of XYZ places. But it doesn't matter because the people who have to drive to work are not the white collar workers alone, but there are a lot of blue, blue collar workers who are not in the high income bracket. So in higher gas prices that Mr. Biden is trying to bring about the alternative fuels and everything else that they're trying to do is hurting every American at the moment. And a question has come about because when people, politicians talk about we are doing this for our children and grandchildren, people are saying that I don't have a grandchild. Why am I? What are you doing for me? 
so the question is very important here when i don't have a grandchild i am not even married i don't have a child of my own why am i bothered about my grandchild when i am dying here if i am gone if i am not able to afford a wife and a child what's the point in doing something for somebody who doesn't exist anymore so people have begun to see that they are being exploited on sentimental reasons that's a bar, that's a conversation you can't win that i'm doing this for your grandchildren so those who have grandchildren will be nostalgically accepting of that argument but not many people are buying into that anymore because they are saying that if i'm not there tomorrow why am i going to be worried about something that i do not even know about what are you doing for me this is a country that has taught the uh, the american slang is what's in it for me and people have begun to ask that question what's in it for me so whatever you are doing you are screwing me that is the famous american slang as well that you are screwing me here and telling me to not yell and call for help for xyz reasons which are not so valid anymore so that's what is critical here in the energy part of it that in trying to bring about you know better climate change and comply with paris accord somewhere along the line the democratic party is exposing itself beyond a particular time and that's what is important here to figure out for rest of the people are beginning to say that and 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 it is showing up because 46 to 141% all media uh, uh, you know all media and all major uh, publications have begun to say that by a margin of 46 to 41 republicans will regain the house and the senate this is all over the world we're talking about now this happened in 2014 last isn't it yes yes it did and uh, that uh, made uh, obama a lame duck president for the better part of the remaining two years oh yes you know, whenever the president loses the senate and the house he then becomes a puppet or a, what is known as a lame duck because your legislative agendas are not going to go through and that's why obama very fearlessly very boldly very brazenly said that i will live by executive orders and he issued lot of executive orders including including the famous daca that he passed in which he said that i know that legally i am wrong but i am doing it nevertheless funnily enough when republicans challenged it then the supreme court led by john roberts a republican nominee continued to uphold that You know, so, uh, so this is the, this is a U.S. system. Sometimes it takes time to understand uh, the nuances of it, because John Roberts, the Chief Justice of the uh, United States, who was brought in by a Republican, he is more left of center than uh, right of center. So it is, it, it you know, you never know the proclivities how they come about and how they change. Okay. so that is uh, about the energy policies and uh, there's very little being done on china also dekhi saab aisa hai ki china mein there there were only two world leaders who took on china head on <coughs> that was donald trump and narendra modi ji these are the two democratic leaders who took china head on and you know what has happened china has played its card the democratic party are totally sold out 
American big businesses are sold out in China for profit margins. And China has understood that geopolitical game very well, because that's where it is critical for the rest of the world to understand. Two things have happened in, uh, in this country. One of them is, is that China has entered the entire political debate and dialogue, the socialism part, the communism part. Bernie Sanders' honeymoon in Russia as many years ago uh, is materializing here right now. So effectively, people joke about it, that Bernie Sanders, if he were the presidential candidate against Trump, he would have lost. But Biden pretending to be a moderate, he has bought into the Sanders press agenda, and Sanders is running the U.S. economy. Look at how the 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 the, the famous uh, foursome, as uh, as I would say, foursome. I would say the Quad, uh, AOC Quad. You know, how they are dictating the terms. That is the issue that is beginning to emerge. You know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction that Chinese have begun to capture this entire process in such aggressive ways. U.S. was never prepared for that. You know, there was a definite amount of gullibility and there was a definite amount of naivete on the part of the American public that they did not understand the geopolitical play by China that China did. And they played upon the profit motive of America where every single American item from your beach benches and even their 9-11 pins are made in China. So China has gotten into every household, whether you are wearing a shirt, pant, suit, tie, or whatever. It They have gotten into. So if you hurt China, <clears throat> do you know that you are going to hurt yourself as well? The only part of the China thing is the political dynamics. You know the uh, Hunter Biden story, billions of dollars and millions of dollars trading hands. So it's very simple. Chinese have played the Democratic Party very well. So much so that one of the prominent uh, Democrat House guy was having a girlfriend, Chinese girlfriend, who was a spy for four years. Think about it. And nothing happened. The Democrat, Democratic Party leadership did nothing about it, as if it was just a normal happening. And that was Nancy Pelosi's own favorite guy from California. <clears throat> so the point here is that they are not able to address the Wuhan virus, which I call it as it is. They are not able to address the question of how American National Institute of Health funded the human mice testing of Wuhan virus. That's why you notice now that two different strains have emerged in France and a couple of other countries after Om Omicron. So the challenge here is very simple, that people are sick and tired. So whatever they blame the Trump for, they are going to have to live with it. And yesterday, U.S. crossed a million cases, new cases of Omicron. And that too, when people have had double vaccine and the booster, I'm one of them. So we are now living in a fear that where was the clarion call given that once the vaccines are out, Biden had said, I will drive out uh, the coronavirus. Where is it gone? So the trust element also has sunk very low. So the Democratic Party is, is actually holding a, a, a challenge that it will have very difficult justifying. And that is the reason why they want to do, want to do away with filibuster and other rules so, they can, so that they can bring about election law changes 
that they can declare Washington DC as a separate state with two senators, which will be permanently Democrat, and declaring Puerto Rico as a, as a state where they will have any another two senators. So Republicans are in trouble if this bill were to pass. The only hope is that Joe Manchin, the senator from Democratic Senator, who is not buckling down under the intense Democratic Party pressure to bring him around. He has been called names, you know. So when Romney and others, a couple of them, were anti-Trump, the same Democratic Party were calling them as patriots. But when Joe Manchin and the Arizona senator is opposing Build Back Better, they are being called traitors by the same time. So, you know, you, you have a scenario here which plays out very well. And thanks to the era of technology, Sanjayji, same Chuck Schumer, who is now going to have a vote to do away with filibuster rule, was the one who, who in 2005 and later was berating and crying and speaking at the top of his voice that Republicans trying to do away with filibuster will be the end of democracy in the United States. Now he's doing the same thing here. So people see that now. The farce or the duplicity comes out in the open. That's why I am very happy to recall that when I wrote an article in 20, 10 years ago, that because of technology, politicians can't hide anymore. You can't lie anymore because whatever you say or do gets exposed. So we now know the true history of everybody. So Senator Chuck Schumer can't hide behind the argument, oh, things have changed. No, sir, nothing has changed. You are playing politics, and I dare say that. Right, and... Uh... <clears throat> Of course, you mentioned <clears throat> the failure on the COVID front. Right. And uh, how probable is this passing of this bill? And does it require any special majority or does it pass only through simple majority about creating uh, extra senators? The, the probability is, is, is run something like this. There are certain critical bills that require 60 votes in the Senate. That's, a, that's, a, that's called the filibuster. It is designed so that no bill is passed in a haste and a hurry. There is more debate, there is more arguments, and people come to their senses to say, okay, it is right or wrong. What they are trying to do now is to do away with that requirement. And doing away with that requirement requires simple majority. They don't need simple okay. you know. And with Kamala Harris, if that particular thing is done away with, then you have, then they can do it. Silver lining and the hope is that this is the very essence of US constitution democracy. So Joe Manchin will not go for that. It just requires one person voting this way or that way. I suspect that all Republicans will be united. And there's a very interesting precedence for that, Sanjayji, for and for all the viewers. There was a time when Democrats enjoyed this, the, the majority in both House and Senate. And they did away the, the, the filibuster rule for several activities, including appointment of judges. At that time, Mitch McConnell had warned them that beware, Harry Reid, who recently passed away, Harry Reid had said, we will rule the Senate for a long number of years to come. Lo and behold, 
they lost the next election. And that's the reason why Trump was able to nominate so many judges that the Republic Democrats Party will rue the day that they let it go. So whatever goes around comes around. So at some point in time, it may take a little bit of a time longer, but there is an element that uh, will make Democrats think that when we are doing as you sow, so you reap. And uh, you know, it may take a little longer time because it's not easy to overcome a margin of four Senate seats, but uh, particularly when the world is going left all the way and a lot of money is being pumped into that system. So the question here is very simple. It can happen, but I think even this particular vote Chuck Schumer is putting to vote is, is trying to challenge every Democrat to vote so that they know that they will all vote 50 and Republicans 50 and Kamala Harris's vote will allow that to happen. And they're making it for only the constitutional change which I think there will be certain Democrats will not vote for it. If it happens, well, this country can say goodbye to democracy in the way it is run today. It will be a single party rule for a long number of years, unless a new president comes, Republican, and he changes the whole thing through an executive fiat. You are looking at a chaos. Chaotic <clears throat> yes. Okay. And uh, let's talk about some foreign policy issues uh, and the mishandling of certain foreign policy issues by Joe Biden. And uh, instead of uh, focusing on China, he again seems to be focusing on the USSR again. And uh, even though Trump wanted to normalize ties with the USSR, he wasn't allowed to by this establishment, which I think... Uh, is heavily, heavily democratic anyway. And uh, now they seem to have lit fires in the neighborhood of uh, US, in, in the neighborhood of Russia. And uh, they don't seem to be able to measure up to the willpower of Putin. And Putin has amassed troops on the border of Ukraine. And he is also looking at what China, uh, what uh, uh, USSR is doing with the Baltic countries and uh, they seem to be headed for a warlike situation in which the West doesn't seem to be willing to or doesn't seem to have the either the intent or nor the willpower to commit to a direct kinetic war. So where, where is he headed? What does he want? This is a classic case of posturing. It is a total posturing. You are absolutely right. War for Ukraine. The world is not going to go to war for Ukraine. Let's put it that way. And I don't mean any disrespect for the country. Russia's angle is only one. You know, with the, with the, with the virtual disappearance of the Eastern Bloc, which was Russian-owned kind of thing, Cento, NATO Kikilov, NATO and CENTO were the two, uh, you know, warring scenarios in Europe. That doesn't exist anymore. So Russia is isolated. And Europeans played a better politics to isolate Russia. And all that Russia is saying that you cannot have a NATO frontier at my doorstep. 
why must why must Europeans force that on Russia is just to decimate Russia as a power. But what is critical here is that entire Europe is kept warm because the Russians supply the, the gas and the, oil, 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 the entire Germany is warmed up because of Russian energy. So the question here is, can Russia tighten the bolt? And it can. And Russia doesn't want Ukraine to be becoming a NATO outpost right at its frontier. So the, all the missile deployment and everything becomes closer to home, whereas it's not closer to other play, other countries, <clears throat> original NATO members. And that there are people, there are countries who are becoming a sacrificial lamb into the war that if were to happen. So it is, this is posturing. It will go on. It's like the China incursion policy. They capture one square mile of area and they say, it is mine. We go and argue, then they, they, then they negotiate that I will take time to vacate it. They put their outpost. So it is an incursion policy. It is what we are seeing happening in Ukraine and that area is, is just posturing. I don't think anybody is going to go for war there. Eventually, there will be a settlement and Russia will also push. Uh, Putin is not weak. He's an ex-KGB guy. He knows the machinations inside. He knows people inside out. And he still has his head in place. And his, his mind is working well. And he knows he, he's not forgotten. He's not the guy who has forgotten that Russia was, USSR was dismembered by the clever play of American and the, and the Vatican power. He has not forgotten that. And he will do everything to protect the Russian interest. So this is, I think, in my opinion, living in America, being an American, <clears throat> this is not a, a good sign. If you try to belittle or humiliate a superpower of its own kind, then you are driving him in a corner. And nobody likes to be in a corner. And I think the entire Europe understands that part of it very well, that you cannot take Russia for granted. Uh, quite right, and that's uh, actually something that I've never understood. I think I've shared it with you also a couple of times, that uh, the global scenario as it is unfolding right now would actually dictate that uh, Russia-America relationship became normalized and China became the other. Right. But uh, typical establishment of the US, uh, they just seem intent on Russia, Russia, and more Russia, mm -hmm. because the military industrial complex doesn't want to let go of Russia as the other. Yes. And you know, there is very interesting part is that, you know, military establishment is very true. Uh, they are the traditional enemies, the Cold War, the hot war, whatever, although US and Russia will never have a war direct fight ever. Uh, they will choose some arena where to have a fight, but they will not have a, a direct fight ever. But there was a very, very good thinker called Stephen Cohen. I liked him. You know, he wrote book. Uh, he wrote several books, and he was consulted by every president in the United States on the Russian policy. And you know, in an award ceremony in California, where I was there, he made a statement that I don't agree with Trump. I'm I'm not a Republican. But this man does make sense when he talks about becoming friends with Russia or improving relationship with Russia, because that's the only logical outcome. To beat up the Trump, the Russia, uh, you know, band that Russia is evil, Russia is evil, and even Reagan called it Russia as an evil empire. 
it's not in the interest of United States. Unfortunately, he's no more, but his book is brilliant. I would urge, I would certainly urge you to read it. I'll send you the name of the book. Uh, do read it. And, you know, and he says that how the military industrial complex and how particularly the Democrats, in, unfortunately, are keeping the Russian bogey alive. It's very interesting. And uh, particularly when Mr. Sanders was the one who had a Russia honeymoon, he, he celebrated his marriage honeymoon in Russia, in Moscow. So it's a joke here about that. So maybe his dreams are coming true now. Honeymoon dreams are coming true in the Russian context here. But uh, it is very tragic. I think, I think posturing apart, one of the key elements is global dominance. And what I'm witnessing is, is that American global dominance is shrinking, is shrinking. And power <laughs> I think it's entirely due to the stupidity of the <laughs> American military yes. establishment and the academia. Yeah, totally, <clears throat> totally. I mean, it's, you look at it this way, there are two elements, I've shared this with you before, and I'm saying this again. In America, by the way, a large number of sentiment, large amount of sentiment is swinging against China and against Islamic uh, rule, because both of them seem to have captured the American imagination of the left and Democratic Party. Democratic Party, despite being Democrats, are appearing to be more fascists. Think about it like this, that today you and I can be banned by Twitter. Arthi Tikku, Robert Spencer, their accounts were handled, uh, were, were banned by Twitter for a while. Arthi Tikku refused to buckle under there. So whereas none of the tirade that comes from anybody else against you and I is ever shut down. People are now reacting to this. It is not, it's not going down well, because now another, the, this country loves its freedom of speech. They do, they allow flag burning. You can't burn an Indian flag. It is an offense of a kind. Here it passes off as a, a freedom of a freedom of speech under uh, First Amendment. So the question here is very simple. The country that loves its freedom to the extent that it does, if you are going to cut it down, people are watching. Sadly, there is no alternate to Twitter and Facebook, but I suppose technology is a marvelous thing. Very soon, something will come about. It depends on how that gets. That reminds me, what, what, what's happening to Truth Social? The Trump. Uh... He's done it. They, they were trying to, you know, you know, they were trying to. The Congress was going to pass a legislation to ban Trump even from floating his technology company. He is doing it. I think the whole problem there is that amount of money required to create an alternate to Amazon Web Service, AWS, and the web hosting part of it. Because if his thing is held, is hosted on AWS and other channels, he can still be shut down. So most likely, there is a, a, a very concerted effort going to create an alternate to AWS and other hosts, servers that will be able to host an alternate challenge. But he's working very hard on that. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, a lot of interesting topics. Anything else that you have in mind right now that you would like to talk about? The one thing which I definitely want to share with all the audience is that 
what I had said in 2020, and this is particularly true, it would be absolutely unfair on my part not to comment upon what happened in, in India today in Punjab with reference to Prime Minister's motor car that was going around. I had mentioned there, and I'm on record with you, Sanjayji, that what happened in 2020 election in America, that brigade, that toolkit is coming to India in full force. I had then said <clears throat> that there will be three elements that Modiji will be attacked on. Human rights violations. Everything that will do, it will be human rights violences, minority abuses, and any economic change that he brings about will leave some group unhappy and to incite that group. We have seen all of it play. And somewhere along the line, so somewhere along the line, right or wrong, I'm not commenting on that. Modiji handled those situations at a personal loss of honor and prestige. He did not kill a single farmer agitator. He did not create or incite anything. People, some of us were unhappy about that, his silence. But think about it today, you know, you can't blame him for killing anybody or doing something that would have cursed, uh, led to a situation. That brigade is coming to India. 2022 and 2024 is equally critical. And I'm, I dare say that, I dare say for all us Hindus, particularly. It is, it is critical because we are reckoned as a threat. So what I'm going to, what I'm trying to say to you is that become solidified. And my mool mantra for that is, if somebody is doing a good job, let them do it. Don't question that. Collaborate, cooperate, coordinate and mobilize. That is the only answer to these elements who are out to destabilize us in the name of freedoms. That's very important for us to remember. It is critical for us to do that. And I think every Indian, and now I will say every Indian, needs to worry about it, regardless of your tone, color, craze, everything else. We are under vicious attack. Think about it from the Islamophobia bill that is going on here. Senator Booker has in introduced the Senate version of that. Rajiv Malhotraji wrote a very nice answer to, letter to him, to reconsider this entire scenario. He didn't. The question here is, it's very cleverly played upon that apparently this entire Islamophobia bill is based on the anti-Semitic bill that the Jews introduced in the US. And that's the rule exists. But think about it for us, for you and I and the, those who are watching must think about it. Jews were killed and brutalized and there was evil thing that they did not go killing anybody. In this particular instance, isn't it bizarre that the people who are killing are asking for favor, that let me kill and don't call me a killer. Think about it. I was part of a, a debate competition, a speech on Gandhi, where 19 school children were. This is a very important pointer. 19 school children from age eight to 12th grader, they participated in that debate. More than 50% of the kids addressed Gandhi's murder as done by a Hindu. And at the end of the thing, I end of the speech, uh, end of the debate, I said that I was very touched by one, uh, one mention that all of you talked about a Hindu nationalist killing Gandhi. 
But did you ever ask, or did does anybody ask, who was the killer? What was the religion of the killer of Abraham Lincoln, or or uh, John Kennedy, or Robert Kennedy, or Martin Luther King, or who almost killed Ronald Reagan? You never ask the religion of those guys. You never ask the religion of those people who are doing terrorist acts and killing people around the world. On the contrary, we say that not everybody is a killer from that faith. But one Hindu guy who paid the price of his act, who acted as a lone wolf, did for his own reasons and justifications, he paid the price as per law. Why entire Hindu community has to be blamed or do we have to carry the proverbial cross of one man's act. Think about it. And I left the audience, uh, the, the young, young men and women, to think about it. If we don't ask the religion of the uh, true assassins. So my thought process going forward for all Indians is, is get real. Get real. And if, you're, if our freedoms are being abused by others, we need to call them out. We need to call them out. And I applaud you and myself for doing that. We are, we are, we are, I'm, 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 little, I'm going to be a little brash about it. Yes, we are trying to do that, but we need the response of every viewer who is looking at, listening to us, that we are only two, but two, one to the power of N has a huge power. Let's become one to the power of N to save India and save ourselves, because this time we'll not come back again. Right. And with that, I think we can move into the question and answer round. Before that, I have to request everybody to please like the share, to, to like the video, share it around, and also to visit our description 